welcome to the Intelligent Growth Podcast, the ultimate guide for go-to market leaders who aspire to engage and influence their target relationships to market more impactfully, sell more profitably, and create customer evangelists. We're going to help you strategically navigate the customer lifecycle journey from awareness through purchase and all the way to material value creation for your clients. Your hosts have worked with hyper-growth, mid-market, and global enterprises and understand the unique challenges and opportunities CMOs, CROs, and CCOs face when they embark on marketing sales and customer success motions. Get ready to unlock the potential of your unique go-to market strategy, transform your perspective into powerful campaigns, and position yourself as the world-class revenue growth benchmark. This is the Intelligent Growth Podcast with your hosts, Jen Cords and David Knorr. Hi, everybody. David Knorr back with another episode of our Intelligent Growth with my business partner, Jen Cords. Hello, Jen. Morning, Nora. It is nice to see you for our audience. Uh, we're, we're excited about this new format uh, this year. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes, uh, we want to make this uh, more content-packed, so it's going to be shorter. Uh, we're going to cover what we call five questions, five and ten. Jen and I will yin and yang, so it's more practical and pragmatic and hopefully actionable for you. And then each episode, we double down on a topic that's top of mind that we talk about or we struggle with or we see our clients struggle with. And all of these are intended to really drive intelligent growth, hence the title of, of, our, of our podcast and live stream, both personally, but also as the organization, as a team, as a leader, as a human being, kind of how you do what you do and, and really starting out this new year with a better you and elevated you, enhanced you, not just what you accomplish, but who you become. So today we're going to focus on this, this Jen and I met for lunch and we talked about, you know, with our generative, other show, with our generative AI platform that, that we've launched, what are some of the success pillars? What are the, some of the things we deeply believe in? And at top of the list is, is uh, OPF. Now, if you're curious about, you know, we love acronyms, we create alphabet soup acronyms all the time. It's really it's really about organized, prioritized, and focused work. On any given day, any of us can do a whole lot of things. Where do you start? Where do you focus? So Jen, I want to start with you uh, and, and give us an overview of what this organized, prioritized focus means to you. Sure. So... To your point, you can do a lot of things, but are they really moving you forward? And so it's really just making sure that you're focused on the actions that are going to get you closer to your goal, whether it's personal or professional. And how do you then structure your days to get that done and focus on those things while leaving some variability for stuff that you can't plan for? And so you and I have talked about it. We each approach how we schedule our days a little bit differently. And so I think just kind of taking our audience through different ideas on how to structure your day or how to prioritize what you're doing and how you're doing it is going to be helpful because one of those is going to work for someone that they may not have thought of before. Love it. And we'll get to, again, OPF shortly. Let's start with uh, five and 10. By the way, we're going to go through five questions. Jen and I will both answer it in a very tight format. 
So if you miss any of these, uh, Avnir Forum, if you go to forum.avnir.com, uh, we'll post this event and we'll post a list to it that might be really useful to you, including links and other assets that we think will be useful. So let's start with what one goal helped you become the best version of yourself this past week? So for me, it has been pre-planning my schedule. I use both a physical calendar and a digital calendar. And for me going through it on a Sunday night and knowing what my week looks like and then either filling in gaps or adding more detail or being more aware of important meetings that are coming up has really been helping me show up in a better way than just winging it. And what about you? Love that. I'm going to piggyback on that. Uh, same thing. My Sunday afternoon. So uh, our family faith is important to us. We go to church in the mornings, you know, nights, likewise, the chance to kind of relax. So Sunday afternoon is a really good couple hour time block for me to look at my week ahead, to really think about what are the important things? What are my priorities? What am I to focus on? And like you, and as we'll talk with the audience through kind of our, our, our individual approach to this, I plan out the week. What are the really important buckets I want to focus on? What are the things I need to prepare for? If it's travel or if it's something that's due for a particular client or an engagement or certainly the outcomes I'm after. So really that making the time to plan before the hectic busyness of the week starts seems to be a really, really valuable kind of quiet time aside. Number two, what are you, mo what are you most excited about in the week ahead? Uh, so this may seem counterintuitive to everybody, but cicadas. And for those who don't know, cicadas are these bugs that are about an inch and a half to two inches, and they emerge from underground every 13 or 17 years. 2024 is actually a double brood event, meaning both the 13 and 17 year cycle bugs are coming out from underneath the ground. Um, and why are they so exciting is because they are actually really innovative by doing what they do well. And what that means is they do business as usual really well. They focus on finding creative ways to reduce overhead. As bugs, they need to be efficient in their life cycle. So they find creative ways to reduce their overhead. They don't try and compete with themselves. They leverage their resources of the environment around them really well in a way that their bug competitors can't. And so I think just taking some of those lessons that these bugs can have and apply them to our business uh, could help businesses focus, which is one of our topics today, uh, on doing what they do exceptionally well that's different than anybody else. And so they're not trying to be like everybody else. They are being themselves in the best way possible. I have to admit, in all my years, I'm excited about bugs this next week has never come up. But joking aside, I do believe there's so much more we can learn from nature. So if you, for our audience, if you get a chance to check it out, Cicadas, C-I-C-A-D-A-S, Cicadas. Uh, and I think there's some fantastic opportunities to learn learn from uh, from this effort. For me, it's the uh, Pavilion CEO Summit. Uh, if you don't know, Pavilion used to be called, I believe, Jen, you were actively involved with this group for a while. The Revenue Collective is, I think, what they were previously called. Yeah, it is a global gathering. It's a global community of predominantly kind of market facing. So sales, marketing, I think customer success. I'm just learning about it. Recently changed names. They have a big annual event. But this is a CEO summit out in uh, Scottsdale. 
um, that I'm attending this year. I, and I think a couple hundred people are going to show up. And I'm I'm a huge believer of, and the audience may know, I speak 50, 60 times a year at various events. But I also make time. I think we both do. Make time to really attend events where you have no responsibility whatsoever. And you can sit there and really soak in the wisdom, really soak in the knowledge. And, you know, some are, you know, hit and miss, but I have a 1% um, litmus test for myself. I always have. If I can learn one new thing, if I can learn one new uh, lens, perspective, knowledge, see one new technique by a presenter, meet one new relationship at the event, I've always believed people gather fundamentally for two reasons, content and community then I feel like that investment was worthwhile. So so I'm excited about the Pavilion CEO Summit uh, this this uh, next week. Uh, moving on, uh, what are you most concerned about? Google and Yahoo, for those leaders who haven't been aware, but Google and Yahoo are changing their spam rules and the way email configuration needs to be done within every business. And the more conversations I have related to just general marketing practices, this is something that's actually not on enough people's radars and it will impact how you do your marketing, how your sales does its outbound. And those changes are going to start taking effect February 1 and then enforced April 1 of this year. So in 10 days and in a month. So if you're not already talking to your marketing team about it, it's something that you need to start talking to them about. Hallelujah. I'm praying this will this will reduce the number of spam emails I get. I think we all get on a daily basis. So yes. hopefully that will cut it down. For me, it's um, it, it's really this Avnir, uh, uh, you know, generative AI platform we're building, and and I'm and I'm taken back by how much. And I've been thinking about this for our audience. Um, I went back, and this is the original relationship economics book I wrote in 2008. All the yellow tabs you may see up front are all the tabs where I thought of uh, about a technology, this is 2008, that could address some of the heavy lifts when it comes to our relationships. And we're exactly trying to do that with Avnir. What I'm faced with and the daunting task is you have a vision. You have a belief of a certain way things should be done or things you want to go after. And as a, as a hopefully big thinker, you don't realize the, the details that are involved. I don't want to quite call it the minutia, but the team is asking me, development team, our customer development team, our product development team, ask me a whole lot of questions that I, I honestly don't know. And I have no idea. And, we're, and I've been a student of this topic for years. But how we'll get there includes a lot of details that you may not think about when you think about the vision, when you think about here's the overarching thing that I'm working on. So 11 o'clock last night, I find myself staring at the ceiling thinking, how are we going to do that? How, you know, what are the <laughs> metrics that we're going to cover? And like, okay, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Because they want to go. And I got up at like four o'clock this morning. I could not kind of go to sleep thinking about how do we do some of these things? And I just got up and started to capture some ideas. So it's a daunting task to bridge the vision of this, you know, we believe a better future with the details of exactly how are we going to get there and what does that look like? And that's always kind of fun and challenging to kind of think about. Moving on to tools, one new tool or platform you're exploring. 
Yeah, so I've been exploring large action models and they are actually built on top of large language models. So a large action model takes the learning that a large language model has and then actually uses that and has the capacity to complete that task as well as do decision-making autonomously. So tied to our Avnir platform, it's one of those things that we're putting large language models as part of the structure and the, the software that's generating and supporting all the things that we're doing with Relationship Bank. But large, a large action model may need to be used in the future to actually execute and intelligently inform users uh, about their relationships. What about Love you? It. Love it. Yeah, I, I am. Um... I am uh, a limited partner in uh, a fund called Go to Market Fund. Go to Market Fund, GTM Fund. If, if the audience is interested, it's a uh, fund comprised of I think 300, 350 go to market leaders. And what I'm fascinated is we have a Slack channel, and and uh, a, a lot of folks talk about uh, you know there's portfolio companies and. One of them recently shared uh, Rome, R-O-A-M, Rome. Uh, they are, uh, I think, launching this next week. And and uh, one of the founders talked about, you know, this is a, a virtual office to address the challenges of working for distributed teams. Full disclosure, I'm early. I just signed up. But I'm excited to see what this thing can do because it seems to really focus, you know, eliminate, you know, we all, I think meetings, we all have a love-hate relationship with meetings, right? Especially recurring meetings. And if there's anything I can do to make those more efficient, more effective, kind of that cadence updates, I think this might be a platform that can help and support that. So I'm excited about Rome. You're all in one virtual office and, uh, and certainly going to report back on what we found, what we like, what we don't like. Moving on to our last question, and Jen, we're getting better at this. We're getting tighter, better at this. Uh, one, what, uh, what one book would you recommend to our audience to look into? Yeah, it's one called Poor Charlie's Almanac. It uh, the whole title is Poor Charlie's Almanac: The Essential Wit and Wisdom of Charlie T. Munger. Uh, Charlie Munger was a vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, and for a long time, Warren Buffett's uh, right hand person. And in this book, it just uh, expounds like life lessons and advice on prosperity and how to face tough challenges, both in finance and investing, but then also just everything else that you come across as you move through life. And he's been quoted to say in the past, spend each day trying to be a little wiser than when you woke up. And so it's just those sort of insights and that just thoughtfulness that you find in this book. And I just really enjoyed it. So I think the audience would as well. What about you? Uh, I am reading The Age of AI. Uh, as, as the audience may uh, recall, uh, uh, Henry Kissinger, uh, former Secretary of State, recently passed away. This is written with Eric Schmidt and Daniel Huddenlocker. And, and it talks, it's, it's an interesting book that talks about kind of where we are, how we got here. It talks about um, kind of the, the, the humanity and AI and, and how do we become um, very aware of this incredible technology that we are unleashing. And, and it talks a lot about our identity and our future with this platform, with these capabilities. And um, I was I was taking it's Forbes, one of the top 10 tech books of the year. Newsweek also called it a favorite book of the year. 
it's really fascinating from from three very different angles. So again, the age of AI is uh, is kind of what I'm reading currently. So there you go. Uh, Ten minutes or less. Five questions that we hope are interesting value to you, and that uh, the goal is to make this practical, pragmatic. Again, if you missed any of them, forum.avnir.com. We'll show you that URL again. Is the place you want to go and and really think about and really start. Um, uh, leveraging some of these tools, leveraging some of these um, recommendations in kind of how you uh, think about your day and think about how you look at opportunities to personally and professionally grow. So jumping into today's uh, double down topic, as we talked about organized, prioritized, and focused work. And we're going to start with one of Jen Cord's favorite cartoons. I'm not saying this is what happens to her on a daily basis, but most of us have big ideas, big dreams, big aspirations. We stay very focused on it until ding, right? Or ping, the notifications from these things can become annoying as all get out. And uh, if you're a Simon Sinek fan, he really put up, he recently put up a video of him speaking on stage. And all he does is he holds on to his phone. And you can feel, we all, you know, you kind of feel watching it that it becomes a very different dynamic of is he really into the speech or is he into the audience or is he worried about what's going to happen on this thing? So it is one example of what happens to us when this thing is out and about and it lights up or it makes noises and it completely distracts from the relationship that you need to build and focus on. Well, and also, I mean, this cartoon is funny and yes, the shiny object and, and turning off as much notifications as possible. But as people as workers have shifted to the remote work or working from anywhere, they have to renegotiate those boundaries and establish what are those communication guidelines. I read a study recently that most people don't go more than six minutes uh, between checking their emails or Slack or some other communication channel. So the frequency at which people are bombarding you with other stimulus is a lot. And to be most productive, how are you normalizing that? How are you creating a safe safe space, I guess, for yourself to actually focus on getting things done without distraction? So let's let's stay on that topic. I want to talk about because everybody, you know, it's it's I think you know, focus and prioritize and organize. It's right up there with motherhood and you know, apple pie. Nobody says, I want to be scattered today. Nobody says I wanna I wanna get pulled in 75 different directions and you know, six you know, six o'clock comes around and you're like, what the heck did I get done today? So I want to talk about what have you either in your own work and life or with our client work have observed to be the culprits? What what tends to not get us organized or prioritizing what we need to get done or focus? Let's start there. I would say having meetings to plan meetings to plan work. Uh, is one a huge culprit of that. And maybe not thinking through what needs to actually be done and then prioritizing the things that could be written as maybe a one page and giving everybody an agenda before coming to a meeting so they know what they're covering and is it valuable for them to be there or that, that strategy side of things. So you as the person who's leading the initiative uh, taking the time to 
thoughtfully put together the plan and pull in only the people who actually need to be there is something that I've noticed uh, takes up a lot of time because if you're sitting in meetings all day and you're a player coach type role where you not only have to tactically do the work, but then also drive strategy, you can't get the work done in the eight, 10 hours, however much time you're spending working that day. If you're in meetings for eight hours, when are you actually getting the work done? That's what I would say. What would you say? Mine is just the plethora of ideas and uh, demands of us and all the things, good people, good intended people, just so much of it, so much just all around us, of ourselves often, but also demands of us from other people. Hey, by the way, can I have five minutes? Sure. Add those up and there goes your day. Or can we talk about this for a few minutes? It's amazing how a few minutes turn out to be three, you know, three days later. <laughs> so all of these demands of us kind of and ideas. And again, full disclosure, 11 o'clock last night, I'm staring at my ceiling and thinking about all the stuff I'm trying to get done and and I and, and this one problem I'm trying to solve. And so again, we're going to talk about some some really best practices. And and we came up, of course, with a list that we thought would be useful to you. But but Psychologists tell us that we need this cognitive load release. So a really good first place I think Jen and I talk about is you got to capture all of your ideas somewhere. Capture them in whatever mechanism means. If it's, you know, sticky notes all over the place, fine. If it's one notebook of here's I want to get all this stuff done, fine. But find a way to just and by the way, writing a book is very similar. I, I'm, I both in my own work, but also coaching, you know, several others that we're working with who are writing books. You have to get the ideas from your head, from your research, from what you're thinking about, just stream of consciousness down on paper. So when you do that, that's a that's a really good kind of release. Um, Jen, the challenge becomes that then is like all over the place, right? It is. It's best. So like in your case, if you're up at 11 o'clock, put a notebook next to your bed. Uh, and when you get an idea or something that's woken you up, write it down. And so that, again, releases your brain from worrying about it until the following day. But have one place for all of those things. Something that you and I started doing when we first started working together is we, we created a Google Doc where you could just put all your ideas because there were a lot of things that we needed to get done and, and stuff we wanted to tackle, but we couldn't boil the ocean. So to allow us to focus, we just had that one place where you and I both could just dump all the ideas and then we could review it occasionally to be like, okay, what's moving off of this list onto an actual active project list or what's prioritized now higher than something we may be actively working on? What are we switching out? So it's yeah. just that place to collect, but you can't just collect. You have to then review. Not perfect. Which leads the nice to the next one. One of the <laughs> things we do is, is uh, and, and Jen's been really instrumental in uh, using uh, GitLab to organize big buckets. So, so imagine almost like a funnel. Here's the, we got, the way I think of it. Here's all the things, ideas. Here's all the things I'm trying to get done. Here's all the things that are just occupying headspace. Then if I kind of start to tighten that aperture, you got to create big buckets. You got to create, you know, for us, it's clients and prospects and our marketing efforts or our IP work. And you also can't eliminate or avoid the things. Let's be honest. None of us like doing expense report. Just respect. Shoot me. 
right? <laughs> or, 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 oh my God, the, 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 right now I'm dealing with some, you know, government entities and all the forms and all the stuff you got to do. You can't ignore that. So really important to create these big buckets where you start to then funnel, where you start to then realize where and how those should go. And Jen, you know, beyond the big buckets, the next one also we talk about is, is a challenging one, which is not all the things from the top fit equally, even in each of the buckets. Yes. Uh, so prioritizing the buckets, and to your point, these buckets, when you create those big buckets, you then have to prioritize them as well. Like for us, clients are most important because that's active work that we're engaged in prospects. You can't ignore that. But then to your point, the marketing IP and admin, those are things that just need to continue going. That's air cover or that's just continued maintenance work. So capture all your ideas, then separate them into buckets, but prioritize those buckets in the things that are going to move you forward. Which then leads us to tasks. So, so within each bucket, there's, there's, you know, there's so much you could do. And I've always said, uh, don't confuse vibration with forward motion. A lot of people confuse busy work with output. But even then, you can, and we'll talk about this in a second, you cannot start stop with output. I generated a report. Well, good for you. <laughs> Who's going to see the report? What's the value of the report? How do we benefit from the report? So the formula we really like for performance execution results is output the report with outcome, right? The insights, the decisions, the perspectives that come from that report, plus impact. How did we change our behaviors? What levers did we pull and push to create real impact in the business? And as a knowledge worker, I, I, I still see way too many people stop with output. I generated this report. Good Again, I can't emphasize that enough. Let me give you a gold star. Here's a lollipop when we were kids. Good on you. How, well, will, that, how will that output plus outcome plus impact create what we're after? I would say that also goes to more tactical roles like sales or marketing. I sent a whole bunch of emails or I made a bunch of phone calls. Okay, great. But what did those, those phone calls or emails lead to prospects raising their hand saying, yes, I'm interested in your solution? Or did they lead to demos? Is an opportunity being created from them? Like what happened to it? Or did you just send a bunch of emails and made noise? Um, and so the the principle applies in both places. So very quickly, I, I can't take credit for this. I learned it from a mentor, Alan Weiss, years ago, talked about SUG, serious, urgent growth. From when we prioritize tasks, we, we ask, what is so serious that if we don't do this, it's going to hurt us? What is so urgent that if we don't get to it, it's going to become serious and hurt us? And then what's growth? Growth is upside. Growth is nice to get to. Growth is, you know, I can't ignore growth, but it's silly to work on growth when the house is burning down. So really prioritizing your tasks within those big buckets obviously go a long way. This, this one, I got to tell you, I, I, I really like, which is creating and committing to a morning routine. I've been an early riser for as long as I can remember. So I get up and I learned in grad school that sleep is highly overrated. I'm joking. I'm, all the <laughs> mental health people are going to come out and tell me I'm wrong. You need sleep. I do pass out on the couch every couple of weeks for an extended period of time. But if you create and commit to a morning routine, 
I, I genuinely believe as human beings, we like routines. If you've got young kids, you know this. Routine will save the day. And I think it kind of grows and stays with us of what, you know what, whether it's my quiet time or just really thinking about my day, that morning routine, whether I travel or not, I, I try to really stick to. Jen, routine? I agree. And it also takes some of that uncertainty out of how your day happens. And so for me, I like working out in the morning. It's my head right. It wakes me up and it allows me to kind of shed anything that I may have been carrying from the previous day and then allows me to focus on what I need to tackle today. And I know on days that I don't get my workouts in literally when I wake up, the whole day kind of feels off. So once you've committed to your routine and it becomes just part of how you operate, uh, you can see a noticeable difference between days you execute on that routine and days that you don't. Yeah, and, and, they, and it's a motivation to kind of keep coming back to it consistently. Mine is, uh, for our audience, I'm as flexible as a two by four. So, so stretching for me, when I don't do it, you feel it in your knees and hips and back. And so stretching, but just, yeah, same thing, Getting getting into that, physical, mental kind of routine goes a long way. So continuing our list and, and key takeaways, you're a big fan of this, time blocking and protecting it. And then I added asking others to respect it. Yes, uh, time blocking and protecting them. So when you make commitments, both to yourself for workouts or reflection or reading or whatever it is, you need to treat those as if it's a commitment you've made to somebody else because that growth is very important to you, but then also just respecting your calendar because as you brought up earlier, when somebody asks for, oh, can I have five minutes here, five minutes there, like those things add up. And so obviously plan time in your day where you can have variability, but really try and create big blocks of time where you know that you're most productive to get most of your work done and then work to not overlap any of that. So you actually can get the things you need to get done, done. Uh, we are uh, mo like most organizations, we have a shared calendar. So it's really easy to see when somebody's, you know, committed to something and just being intentional that can't always be helped, but, but really be intentional about, not, you know, again, uh, respecting that time block to they're focused on the things they need to get done. Something that, that I often think about is 25, five, 25 minutes of put the phone away, put distraction away. I'm focused on this thing. And then a five minute break. Yeah, I need a mental break. I need to get up and stretch, go get a cup of coffee, go get a water, bio break, right? Whatever it is, just, just kind of, you know, think of the 25, five, if you double that. So if you're going to work for 50 minutes, then make sure you get a 10 minute kind of get up, stretch, go, uh, it really kind of clear your head before you kind of tackle the next one. So we're big, you know, believers of that. Um, next was connecting tasks to goals. What I love about this is goals are motivation. Goals are, you know what, I gotta, I, I'm a grocery list kind of guy. I like checking things off. And this is what I alluded to earlier, which is don't confuse your busy work, your hours. I've spent hours on this. Good for you. Tell me about the output. Tell me how you connect that output to an outcome and tell me what impact will that have on our team, on our business, on this initiative. And, and those become really, really critical components of connecting individual tasks, kind of what I do with the goals that I'm after. And, and also on those tasks and things that you're trying to get done, you can also ask yourself, why? Why are we doing this? And then is it necessary to do it? 
and that why helps then drive the importance of it. So yeah, definitely making sure that you're thinking of the end result in mind and always questioning and checking in, like, is this really what we need to be focused on is going to be important. And I appreciate you and I've had this conversation. Is there a better way? Is mm-hmm. there a better way of us doing this versus the same way we've always done it? So for our audience, if you just joined us, we're reviewing uh, hopefully practical, pragmatic ideas around how to prioritize, how to organize, how to focus your work in this new year to really get more outcome and impact in your business, in your efforts, in your team, on your initiatives than just the busy work that we all get kind of consumed by. Next is stop overloading your list. Have you seen a list of 175 action items I've got to get done this afternoon? Yes, I have. And uh, I would definitely say when you have too many things to focus on, you're actually not getting anything done. So when you're looking at your list and you're creating your priorities, you only have so much time to spend on anything. So you need to prioritize three three to five big things like called big rocks uh, and then like one or two smaller things. So the big things obviously take most of your focus and the smaller things take less focus, but can you can do more of them so you can cycle through them faster while you're maintaining those three to five. So try and limit the number of things you're doing to be more effective in what you're doing. I've always been a huge believer of let's do fewer things exceptionally well than a whole lot of things really poorly. So again, this is, again, for our audience, this is a lot easier said than done because most of us are ambitious. Most of us want to do a lot of things. Jenna and I talk about this all the time. Okay, that can wait or that's not really important or that can be done later. Let's focus on those three to five big things that we need to ensure we do really well. Review your list at the end of each day. Again, another one that takes some discipline, uh, but it's, it's like a bookends, right? So if I start my day with, here's what I'm trying to get done, end of my day, what did get done, what didn't, what do I need to you know, really double down on or focus on tomorrow, I think is a really good bookend exercise. I would agree. And I would also say that as you're reviewing the list and things you did get done, focus on the wins. We don't actually celebrate the wins enough. And you just look at, oh my gosh, I didn't get to all of these other things. And that can become burdensome and it can disrupt your sleep and it can disrupt your peace that you're trying to have outside of work hours. So celebrate the little wins. I recently heard somebody speak at a event that I was at and she journals every night and in her journal, she lists out all the things that she got done that day because she wants to like celebrate herself in that moment. And then she puts it away and then she tackles her day the next day. And part of her motivation in the morning when she gets up is to have a really awesome list that night. So she tries to be very focused and efficient in her day so she can tackle a whole bunch of things. And so when she's journaling at night, she has lots of wins to celebrate for herself. Love it, love it, love it. Celebrating wins, you can't do enough of it. Nine, ask for help. I'm a huge believer of don't suffer in silence. There is no new challenge. There is no new opportunity. The only challenge is the ones you haven't thought of. So... There's somebody somewhere in your relationship ecosystem that has figured out how to address exactly what you're you know, struggling with. So somebody else has been in that pitfall. Somebody else has figured out how to build a ladder and get out of it. So do not suffer in silence. Ask for help. It's okay. You, you know, you're not 
you're not, it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. And I, I would encourage leaders increasingly to do this. Again, I, I don't need to go to some CEO summit. I've kind of been there, seen it. I, I've, I've, I've got the gray hairs to show for it. But you never know. And you never know where you're going to meet someone or engage someone that will help you uncover something you may be struggling with. Jen, any comments on this before we tap to the last one? Well, asking for help, even if you maybe don't need the help, allows you to get somebody else's lens on it. How did they tackle it? Everybody thinks about things differently. You and I have talked about lots of things that we approach differently because it's generation, generationally, gender, just work experience wise. And it's the same problem, but we come at it in two different ways. And then that collaboration really creates a better solution. Last but not least, improve mathematically proven. Improve by 1% a day and in 70 days, you're twice as good. So do not get overwhelmed. The whole idea of organizing, prioritizing, focusing your work as a knowledge worker and will set you apart if you commit to that consistency. If you commit to, I'm going to improve by 1% a day. What can I do 1% today that I, that I, that's better than what I did yesterday? And you continue that and it goes a long way. Jen, closing us out. Yeah, I would just say, don't, again, don't try and boil the ocean with all of these things. Uh, for example, people tell me all the time, well, I don't have time to read. Well, if you commit to reading five to 10 pages every single day, you'll, you'll see how fast you actually can move through a book. So just that commitment to consistency in what you're doing and how you're doing it really will move you forward in a way that you wouldn't think is possible. We're going to keep working on this. We're going to keep getting better at it. A few minutes over the 30 minutes that we allotted, but hopefully this is of useful and value to you. Again, our goal uh, is always uh, to help our audience members think more intelligently about their personal, professional growth, their organizational growth. So this session on when organized, prioritized, and focused work sets you apart is going to be captured, is captured in our forum. So forum.avnir.com. We hope you'll check it out. Remember, each Tuesday at noon Eastern, we share a new episode. We've got some great guests coming up in the next several weeks. So hope you'll join us. On behalf of Jen Cords, I'm David Knorr. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. All the best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Intelligent Growth Podcast. Over the years, Jen and Noor have had the privilege of advising senior leaders and their teams on their go-to market strategies, creating world-class processes and capabilities, and integrating complex tech stacks. Now, it's their passion to share marketing, sales, and customer success insights and strategies that will help you transform your go-to market success. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For more, visit the website at avnir.com. See you next time on the Intelligent Growth Podcast.